This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Now, my my normal co-host, Tony Gwynn Jr., is not here this week, so I will be flying solo. My name is Ben Davis. Um, it's, a, it's an honor to be with you all today. And I guess, well, I guess some folks just aren't cut out for the full season. And I'm not throwing, throwing daggers at you, Tony Gwynn Jr., but I sure do miss you this week, partner. But... Uh, I do want to let everyone know Big Time Baseball Players Edition is a part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free, anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. Explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Well, we have a great show for you planned today. Lots to talk about after the uh, induction up in Cooperstown last last weekend. Um, a lot to talk about. Players, really teams making a surge to find as to what they can do to get into, propel themselves into a playoff spot. And uh, we also will be joined by a fellow backstop and a fellow San Diego Padre, uh, Austin Hedges. Uh, he'll be joining us later in the podcast. He has a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to maybe get pick his brain a little bit about the art of pitch framing and talk about Chris Paddock, Manny Machado, maybe Fernando Tatis Jr. So got a big show uh, to go over today. And well, I just want to talk about what I feel is one of the best teams in all of baseball, and that's the New York Yankees. Um, man, they're special. I, I, it's hard to believe that you can assemble a team of superstars that really are all pulling on the rope in the same direction. I think it really starts at the top with Aaron Boone. Uh, what he did last week, <laughs> it's one of the better rants. If you get a chance, please listen to Aaron Boone's rant when he got kicked out after Brett Gardner got uh, called out on strikes. And uh, when he said, my guys are savages, man, it gave me chill bumps because that lineup, they are special. They can beat you in so many different ways. And it's really not easy for Aaron Boone to find a spot for all these guys Day in and day out, who's going to DH? Who's going to play right field? Who's going to play left field? Um, you know, it's one of those things. Can I put LeMahieu in the lineup today? Uh, he was a, an all-star for the fourth time again this season. And uh, they just find pieces that they can just put in here, put in there, and they're able to just win. 
their starting rotation is it's okay. I think it's adequate enough to get them to where they want to be. But what I think what sets them apart is that bullpen. And that bullpen, man alive, it is some kind of special. And uh, as long as they get through five innings, it's amazing how they shorten games up. Especially we're, we're going to see a lot of that. I know we're going to see a lot of that in the playoffs because, well, let's face it, the relievers is, where, is, is how you win championships, especially in today's game. One thing I think that could really set them apart or maybe not set them apart is the fact that you know Gary Sanchez is behind the plate. Now, Gary Sanchez is a, a special, special kind of player. He's a guy that is known for his bat. Um, he's a guy that this year, uh, man, he's got 24 home runs. He can, he can flat out beat you at home plate. But the bottom line is, can he catch? Is he good enough to catch in the postseason? The last two seasons, 2017, 2018, he has led the league in pass balls. He had 16 pass balls in 2017 and 18 pass balls last season. Now, this year he only has six. But the number I really want to look at is the wild pitches. In 2017, 53 wild pitches when he was catching. Last year, 45 wild pitches while he was catching. Now, can you have guys circling the bases in the playoffs because your catcher's not able to really keep the running game? And I mean, he's got a great arm. I'll give him that. But he's only this year, he's only thrown out 20% of base dealers. Um, the pass balls is, I think, really an issue. And I think if that's something that we got some some of their relievers, like I just talked about, are nasty, absolutely nasty. You got Chapman on the back end of that, Canley, Batances. These guys are nasty. They have great movement. But if you have a guy that's behind the home plate, he's not able to catch the way he wants to catch, or the way his pitchers want him to catch, and balls are ricocheting off the backside. But you got guys advancing bases. Is that really something that they can afford? Um, you know, I, I know he does hit the ball at a ballpark, but if they do go and and take Austin Romine, put him behind the plate. Well, you're adding a bat that's just not as efficient as Gary Sanchez, but can you DH Gary Sanchez? Well, you're only going to carry two catchers on a playoff roster. If something were to happen, then the pitcher would have to hit. You lose that DH. So that's something that I think Aaron Boone's going to have to seriously consider is the fact whether or not they can keep Gary Sanchez behind the dish. Um, you know, because that's something that, well, like I said, if, if they don't think that he can do it, then it's really going to hurt them from an offensive standpoint. Now, I know they have other weapons that can, you know, that can beat you. But um, i like to transition into a little bit of the Yankees, a former twin, and that's Aaron Hicks. Pretty much the, the, the walk-off catch on Wednesday. It was the best game of the season. How You don't really expect it. I just talked about how great the bullpen was for the, for the, twin, for the Yankees. Well, the Twins are, you know, I wouldn't say they're sinking like a stone, but they're starting to lose a little bit, lose a bit, of, little bit of ground to that uh, team up in Cleveland with the, the Indians making a run at it. Uh, just a f- few games up now in first place are those Twins. And Aaron Hicks was a former Twin. Well, he beat his team last night. And if you get a chance, please watch that catch. It was one of the most beautiful things that you're going to see. Um, you know, you, have, you can't really describe. I mean, some of these guys, one thing I, I want to point out is I think we're in the age of baseball. You look at the All-Star game. There's so many great young players, right? You have you have guys that can beat you so many ways, whether that be with their glove, with their bat, a combination of both. Maybe they can beat with their arm. But the the way baseball is right now, and that's why I think if they can find a way to really 
shorten the games up. And this is something that we've tried to fix for I don't know how long now. How do we shorten the game up? How do we keep the game more interesting? How do we hold people's uh, interest for, for that much more uh, as opposed to the three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour, nine-inning ball game that really is it good for baseball? It's not great for baseball, but how can they condense it and make it even that much better? Because the talent that we have at the major league level, these guys are fun to watch. And I think if we can make it more interesting, especially to the younger folks, well, I think that baseball is even going to take a better step in the right direction because these guys are good. Look at Aaron Hicks, what he can do. You go to the ballpark. I mean, there's pretty much, and it's not just the Yankees. It's not just the Astros. It's not just the Phillies or the, the Braves. Every ball club, and I'm telling you, every ball club has one or two guys on it. They say, you know what? Hey, Johnny, you want to go to the game tonight? Yeah, Dad, let's go see you know, such and such. Let's go see this guy. I want to go see Mike Trout. I want to go see George Springer. Uh, you know, I just think it's it's where we are right now. It's great because it's, uh, it, it's a good spot to be. I know that there's a lot of other great sports out there, and, and the NFL and the NBA, even the NHL. Um, it, they're all fun to watch. But baseball is one of those things where you get to do it every day and to watch just how good these guys really are. Now, I know we just talked about the, the, the bullpen, the great bullpen of the Yankees, and there's some bullpens out there that I think very much so could use some relief. As I talked about before, you're going to have starting pitching. It was a couple years ago that it was the, the Twins and the Yankees again. But I think that the starters went like a combined three innings or, or three and a half innings. It was unbelievable. They're both starting pitchers out of the ballgame. It was a wild card game to see who was going to get in. And all of a sudden, you have, you have complete bullpen games. And who's going to be nastier, right? Um, but the bottom line is, a lot of these games are going to be won by the bullpen. I know talking with Tony Gwynn Jr. the last couple of weeks, he has concerns. I, I love the Dodgers. I do. And I... I think they have a real, real good shot. I think third time's a charm for them getting to the World Series and finally winning it this year. But I think it's only going to be as good as, as their bullpen. I just saw them here in Philly for a four-game series last week. Um, I have some concerns. I really do. Uh, is Kenny Giles a possibility for the Dodgers? You know, is he going to leave Toronto? He's been pitching his butt off up there. and um, you know, I think he would be a really, really good setup guy for Kenley Jansen. Um, maybe even flip-flop those roles. Maybe put Giles as the closer. I know he, he can be volatile at times and uh, at times and, and blow up, but the bottom line is he's still nasty. He still has a very good fastball, but that wipeout slider that he's got, um, he might be a good possibility for the Dodgers. Now, we left Pittsburgh last year, and when I say we, I mean the Phillies, uh, but we left Pittsburgh last week, and I got to see Felipe Vasquez pitch two games. He pitched the Saturday night game and the Sunday afternoon game. I don't think I'm wrong when I say that he's the best closer in baseball. I'm sorry. Um, what I saw from him, I mean, this guy's got four legit pitches, three that are above average, and three that can punch your ticket. He's got a one night he, he clocked out at 101. He's got this changeup, the Bugs Bunny changeup, that just never seems to get to the plate. So you got guys gearing up for this fastball. All right, I'm getting a fastball. I'm getting a fastball. He came into a five to one ball game, obviously not a safe situation. He threw all fastballs. And then the next day, he comes in in a 1-1 tie ball game in the ninth inning. He's doing a changeup. He's doing a slider. If you're a lefty, he's going to come at you with 101 away. And he's going to, then you're going to try and gear it for He's going to drop that slider. I saw some awkward swings uh, by the Phillies against Vasquez. The problem is the Pirates have him for a couple more years. And a cheap, I mean dirt cheap, 
I think next year he's only getting like seven million dollars. This year he's only getting like five million dollars. In two more years he's only getting ten million dollars. That kind of money for the best closer in baseball. And again, yes, I'm going there. I'm saying he's the best closer in baseball. He's got a great mindset out on the mound. He actually looks like he's having fun out there. When is the last time you see a pitcher out there not grinding? Well, if I hit his kind of stuff, believe me, I'd be out there smiling too. It's nasty. Um, righties, lefties, it just doesn't matter. So if you're the Pirates, you got you got the golden goose, right? You got the golden ticket. You're you're sitting there with okay, I got Felipe Vasquez. I need you know what I need from you? Oh, you want Vasquez? Okay, why don't you do this? Why don't you give me your five best prospects? Oh, you're out of your mind. Really? Well, you're getting a great closer, a guy that, that pitches every day, and he's super cheap. So unless you're going to give me your top five prospects and an everyday big leaguer right now, I'm not even going to debate whether or not he's available because that's what I demand and that's what I can get for him. Will some team go out there and do it? Mm, you might see it. You might see the Yankees go out there because of their farm system. You might see the Padres go out there. That great farm system. They've built this farm system up over the last so many years because it gives them the opportunity to go out and acquire somebody like Felipe Vasquez. And you know a team that the, the Padres spent a lot of money the last couple of years with Hosmer, with Machado. They already have Tatis is going to, they have him under contract for years before he's arbitration eligible. They have some pieces, Chris Paddock, that can obviously be that guy for a lot of years. So maybe the, the Padres go out there and trade some of their farm system. All right, well, moving from relievers to starters. I think the starting pitching is in Major League Baseball. I think some teams, I think they're kind of missing the boat because they're putting so much pressure on the bullpens to succeed. I think you're starting to see a lot of these bullpen numbers go up, and that's because they're pitching too many innings. If you're a starter, you're only expected to go five innings, six innings anymore. You're going to throw 110 pitches in six innings. Well, that's great, I guess, but the bottom line is you're leaving a lot of outs for these bullpens to pick up. But in my opinion, if I'm starting a ball club, I want good starting pitching. And boy, do the Houston Astros have good starting pitching. Look at Garrett Cole. This year, he's the second fastest of all time to get to 200 strikeouts. Second fastest. Think about it. This game's been around for a couple of years, right? And you have Garrett Cole, 200 strikeouts. And listen, that's only second to, I think, the greatest lefty of all time, Randy Johnson. Uh, I know people here in Philly will not want me to say that with lefty Steve Carlton being out there, but... Randy Johnson was the guy. Um, if you want to look at some stats that'll boggle your mind, I mean, that's Randy Johnson. I was very fortunate. Uh, my numbers were not good against Randy Johnson at all. Uh, he punched my ticket more than anybody, I think. And what I was able to get, I sat dead red one day and, and got a fastball and was able to hit a home run off him. So that was one of those things that I will absolutely never forget. But I had a chance to catch Randy in spring training for a couple of years when I was with the, the Yankees. And you look at his frame, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, this dude's letting the ball go at like 52 feet. And it just it looks like a golf ball in his hand. But even after everything that he – I mean, when I was calling him, he was kind of winding down towards the end of his career there, uh, you know, before he went to San Francisco. But he was a guy that just – he took a lot of pride in his, in his craft, and he knew how to punch your ticket. He knew how to strike you out. He's, there are certain guys that just have that. You know, Garrett Cole's being one of them. Justin Verlander's another one. Max Scherzer is another one. You talk about position players that you would pay to go watch. Well, if I get one of these starting pitchers on the mound, it's like, okay, they're 100% max effort guys on every pitch. But they don't go over that. You know, they just they stay within themselves, and they smell blood in the water. And they go after it, and it's, it's fun to watch. 
But you look at someone like Garrett Cole, he's got the ability to maybe sit at 94, 95, and then turn it up even that much more and get it to triple digits. And these guys are so gifted and workhorses. And I think that's something that, well, you go out, you see the manager go out there today and say, oh, there's six innings. They tap their, you know, tap their starting pitcher on the tail and say, good job. And the guy walks off the, the mound with a big smile on his face. And well, that's not just what I'm looking for. You go out there and, and try and get Max Scherzer out of the game. Good luck. You go out there and try and take Randy Johnson out of the game. Good luck. They're going to look at you like, no, no, no. You can walk back to the dugout. I'm not going anywhere. And these guys, they're so good. Some guys just have that ability to just flat out strike you out. I know they have great stuff, but you see a lot of guys with great stuff that they get an 0-2 count. Next you know, their guys are fouling balls off. Next you know, it's 2-2, 3-2. And then they lay one in there, a guy gets a hit, or they walk. There's lots of guys with great stuff out there, but only a certain amount of guys have that ability where, you you know, from a catcher standpoint, you put a finger down, you know he puts it in that spot, game over. And that's exactly what Garrett Cole's able to do. It's fun to watch. Watching Justin Verlander, he started the All-Star game this year. These guys can, they get, they can you want to throw that high fastball? You ain't getting on top of it. I'll, I'm going to throw it by you. Okay, you're going to sit on that fastball, I'm going to drop a hammer on you. They're just, they can beat you in so many different ways. And I don't know, I think it's a, it's a lost art because starting pitching is is starting to really fall behind. I think it starts at the minor league level. These guys are just getting called to the big leagues because they throw hard. Well, that's great. You light up the radar gun. Big, big deal. I don't care about lighting up the radar gun. The bottom line is you throw that down the middle, I'll be ready for it. And you throw it down the middle because you can't command it, I'm going to be ready for it. These guys are getting called up because they light up the radar gun. They're trying to learn at the big league level. And it can't work that way. These guys need to get their command. If I'm a right-handed pitcher and I can't throw consistent fastballs down and away, four strike to other right-handed hitter to right-handed hitters, I don't belong in the big leagues. I'm sorry, I can't. If I can't throw a two-one breaking ball behind in the count, I don't deserve to be in the big leagues. And that's the command part I'm talking about. That I don't think these guys really have. Yes, they can light up a radar gun. Big, like I said, big deal. But the bottom line is you have to command pitches. You have to use the four quadrants in the strike zone. You have to use them with all your pitches, especially with your fastball. Command the fastball first, and then you can work off of that. You can command the fastball. I don't care if your off-speed stuff is mediocre at the big league level. You command your fastball, you will have success. I don't care how hard you throw. That's why guys come out after five innings. That's why guys come out after six innings and throw in 110 pitches, because they can't command their fastball. In, out, up, down, there's four pitches right there with your fastball. So, um, you know, one guy you can't make mistakes to, that's Mike Trout. And I feel bad. I feel bad for myself. I feel bad for everyone else on the East Coast, even in the middle of the country, because we don't get to see Mike Trout. We don't get to see just how special he is. Is he the greatest baseball player ever? I think he's in the top five. I do. One thing I think that really sets him apart is – He's hit 11 home runs in his last 13 games. 11. And he's got that type of swing where you look at him, he's like, well, he he doesn't have that. Like, I think Cody Bellinger, I think Bryce Harper, I think Christian Yelts to a certain degree. These guys have kind of longer swings. But Mike Trout's got that short swing, almost like a Chase Utley swing. It's so tight. It's so concise. And he's able to wait, 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 let for that ball travel as much as he possibly can. He can beat you line to line. We know that. We see him go to out to right center. And I think in a pretty spacious ballpark, especially at nighttime at the Big A, uh, he's still able to make that park look small. Uh, I love watching him climb over the wall to steal home runs out there. But 11 home runs in 13 games. And that's why I'm saying pitchers, pitchers, 
I don't care what the scouting report says. You can't give this guy something to hit because he's going to damage you. That's the way I felt against Barry Bonds. If he got a strike, he was doing damage. And he's got that swing where it's it's really just flawless because it's so short. And, but yet, it's quick, it's violent at times, and it's strong. And you don't have a power hitter that really doesn't strike out a whole lot like Mike Trout, but is able to get barrel to baseball in such a concise manner. You get you know some guys, Bellinger, if you make the right pitch up and in, yeah, he might get you every now and again. But the bottom line is, Mike Trout, he's not going to get beat with that swing because it's so short, it's so concise. And I think that's really what sets him apart. I remember a couple years ago, I was out in the, the L.A. area with my son, and I called up Mark Ubizaw, who, who does the, the color for the, the Angels. And I said, hey, Gooby, is there any chance you can leave me tickets? And he said, you know what, Benny, I don't know. He said that the Nationals are in, and obviously Bryce Harper's uh, you know, playing for the Nats at the time. And it's Mike Trout bobblehead night. And I said, oh, Gooby, if you can't get me tickets, I completely understand. We had the night off. I want to take my son to the ball game. He goes, I'll see what I can do. So he calls me back, gets me a couple tickets right behind the third base, the Angels dugout. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is great. So in that game, obviously the Nats hit first. Bryce Harper hits a home run in the first, in the top of the first. Well, Mike Trout comes up in the bottom of the first. He hits a home run, ties it up 1-1. But it's what would happen before the game. It was... We're sitting there at third base, and some players start to filter out to, you know, stretch, get their arms loose, get ready for the game. Well, all of a sudden, number 27 walks out of the dugout, and it was like, there he is. There he is. Everyone starts pointing. I did it myself. I said to my son, I said, look, there he is. There he is. Here I am, you know, a 40-year-old man, four kids, and I'm thinking, I'm the biggest fan of this guy and the biggest fan of the game that there is. And it, it, it gave me chill bumps to see that. It was like he was walking on water. And I... Watching him on a baseball field day in and day out, first of all, if you're a pitcher, <laughs> I don't know why you keep giving him strikes because he's going to do damage. But the bottom line is we don't get to see him enough. And I know he signed that big deal, $410 million out there, and rightfully so. He deserves every penny. Yeah, that's right. I said it. He deserves every penny. 97.5% of all the people that are going to that ballpark are going to see Mike Trout. And the Angels could not let him go. I don't I don't disagree with giving him that amount of money. If he were to go, that whole franchise would go. So he's getting every penny, and he deserves it. But Mike Trout, I feel bad for us. Now, I do have the you know, Major League Baseball package, so I get to you know sit up late and watch Mike Trout. Because if, if they're on, I will stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast and watch Mike Trout. I will do that. But the average person can't do it. They have to get up. And, you know, fortunately for me, I work nights. But I get to watch Mike Trout. He's so special, and I think it's it's one of those things, and that's why I think a lot of people don't really realize how great, um, you know, in Ichiro, his first 10 years in the big leagues with Seattle, or Edgar Martinez, how great he was watching him because the games are on late, and it's the West Coast, you know, the West Coast, you kind of forget that stuff's even going on out there, especially here on the East Coast. But Mike Trout is that guy that he really is the face of baseball. It's a shame that we don't get to see him play every day because – well, he's just better than everybody else. You know, moving on again, I'd like to talk about it's just the 10-year anniversary of, well, one of the greatest things ever, the, the perfect game. Um, perfect game, you're perfect, right? I mean, there's no other way to put it, and it just doesn't happen in baseball a whole lot. But we just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of Mark Burley's perfect game. Um, it, was, it was phenomenal. You know, he was a guy that I loved catching. He was a guy that our team loved playing behind. The man never went on the DL. He pitched every fifth day. He didn't pick up a baseball till spring training. 
How about that? He never picked up a baseball to spring training. Uh, his off-season conditioning, he'd, he'd get in shape. He'd come to camp ready to rock and roll. But he was a guy that, you know, he's figured, you know what, spring training, it's, that's what it's for. I'll, I'll get ready then. He said he used to pick up some rocks and throw them out in the yard. That would really get him going. But uh, Mark Burley is a guy that I love catching. And I know the defenses love playing behind him. And we sure loved it when it was getaway day and Mark Burley was on the mound because we knew it was going to be, at the most, a two-and-a-half-hour game. Whether he you know, gave up 10 runs, which hardly ever happened, uh, or he was ahead by 10 runs, he was going to get it and throw it. Now, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but Mark Burley was the guy that never shook off a catcher. And he also went into his lineup before he even had the sign. Yes, that is true. I'd be back there squatting, and all of a sudden I look up, and Burl started, he started his windup. And I'm like, all right, what pitch do I have in my head? All right, we go fastball in, and he'd throw it. Or we go backdoor cutter, and he'd throw it. He never shook, and he just got it. And it would drive hitters crazy. It really would, because they'd be in the box, like looking down, fixing their batting gloves or whatever. All of a sudden they're looking up, and he's going to his windup. They'd have to call time. It happened, I don't know, 15 times a game. That's the way it was with Mark. He, I think he thought he took all the thought process out of it. He realized he had done his homework. He had done his preparation. He did his bullpens. He knew exactly where that ball was going to go most of the time. And he took advantage of the hitter's weaknesses, the fact that, you know, if you're not ready, I'm going to keep my foot on your neck. Was his stuff great? No. Was it really, really good? Absolutely. And he trusted it, and he knew he was going to put it exactly where he wanted it to go. But, um, you know, congratulations to Burroughs. Uh, he was a guy that we love playing for. We love catching. And, um, you know, I think 10 years, end up World Series champion in 2005. And what he meant to the city of Chicago, especially on that south side, boy, it's something I think that, uh, you know, the, the city will never forget. I miss catching him. I miss watching him pitch because, again, starting pitching where it used to be, it's a heck of a lot, lot better than where it is currently. And he was one of the best in uh, Burles. Congratulations. I know he had another no-hitter in there uh, in his career, and nothing that man couldn't do on a mound. It was fun to watch. Now it's time to get on Austin Hedges, who was in his fifth season as the San Diego Padres backup. Uh, Austin and I have a lot in common. He's got a few more years on me in San Diego. I only had a chance to spend four years uh, being a catcher in San Diego. Boy, it's a great place to play. Austin, thanks for coming on with us. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me on. This, is, uh, this has been great. I know you guys had a tough loss in New York. And you were not a part of it. Uh, Francisco Mejia had the game last night. And fortunately for you, you were not the one behind Robinson Cano, who hit three home runs against your, your squad last night. That looked, like, that looked like old school Robbie Cano right there. He was pretty locked in yesterday. Yeah, he's uh, he is a special talent, that's for sure. Um, I know you take a lot of pride in your defense. And uh, right now you're currently number one in the league in pitch framing, uh, saving your team almost 16 runs uh, thus far this season. Can you tell me a little bit about how you're able to get so many pitches called for your pitchers? Uh, it's just something that I've worked on kind of my whole life. But uh, I guess ever since uh, the framing metric really became more of a thing, uh, I think everyone started taking some more pride in it. And um, I think I had a little bit of a head start considering how much uh, um, I knew that I thought it was going to impact the game at a younger age. But um, for me now, it's been a, it's been a transition into um, kind of just, I guess, just trying to keep on trying to master that craft. And, um, it's a daily process of, of working at it. But um, for me, one of the most important things is just kind of understanding uh, what the pitcher's trying to do in that situation and anticipate it before it happens. If I'm ready for 
I guess the hardest pitch that I can catch, then you know any of the other pitches should be a lot easier to catch. But I know I can I can snag that uh, that that tough one uh, more often than not if I'm ready for it. One thing I appreciate with your watching you catch is the fact that you know when it's a ball, I mean a legit ball, you catch it and throw it back. What irks me the most is when I see these catchers trying to steal pitches that are six, seven inches off the plate. You know, they're holding pitches out there for the umpire to see. It drives me nuts. Does that get you going a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, like you, I, there, there's there's definitely an art to it. And when, when you can tell it's not being treated as an art form with kind of the guys that, you know, they catch it and bring it back. Uh, it just it just doesn't look good. It's, I mean, it definitely doesn't look good from the umpire's angle. I know. Um, so I think there's there's definitely a fine line of you know how you're how you're moving it, but you're definitely not moving the ball after you've already caught it. It's kind of a um, it's, it's it's how you're attacking the baseball and in general, just usually catching uh, the bottom part of it or the the outside part uh, of the baseball. And if you're just catching that with one you know nice one fluid motion, not uh, catching and bringing it, trying to force it back into the strike zone, then. Um, I feel like that's kind of like the way it should look. Absolutely. And one thing I know your pitchers have a lot of trust in you is your ability to block a baseball. Um, Well, I think that's one thing that's another lost form, uh, especially at the major league level. Some guys just don't know how to get over top of the baseball. You are able to really get over top and smother these pitches. And I'm sure your pitchers have a lot of confidence in you. You know, man on third, uh, they're able to bounce some baseballs, maybe get some swings and misses, but they know you that you're the brick wall back there that has their back. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, uh, you know, like receiving, I think receiving and blocking are the two most uh, important physical parts of, of catching. And, I mean, it's the, there's a, it's a part of the game where you can impact the game the most amount of time. And so, I mean, for me, uh, blocking is a lot like receiving, where it's just about anticipation. I think if, if you're – anytime you call an off-speed pitch, you need to, you know, assume that ball is going to be in the dirt. And if you already assume the ball is going to be in the dirt, you knew it was going to happen – where it is in the dirt, you're not surprised. Um, so, and then if the ball is not in the dirt, then you just receive it like you normally would. So, um, I feel like it's more, it's more of a mentality than anything. One, one of the guys, one of your teammates said, "I would love to see pitch more." Unfortunately, um, you know, starting pitchers only get to do it every fifth day, and being on the West Coast, we don't see as many games. But you have a chance to catch Chris Paddock, who's one of the brightest upcoming pitchers in the game. Uh, how special is he, and is there a limit as to what he can do? Oh man, I mean, I feel like he's barely scratching the surface on what he's capable of. I think uh, with the year of, of experience that he's going to have uh, this year and then moving forward, um, I mean, I expect nothing but greatness from that guy. He's got uh, he's got the makeup that you need in an ace. He's got he's got the pitches, um, you know, he's got the competitiveness. It's it's everything that you would want um, in a guy that you want to take the ball for every fifth day. Yeah, I, I had a chance to catch one of the greatest closers uh, in all of baseball, Trevor Hoffman. And when he came out of the bullpen, the Hell's Bells, you heard that gate swung open and you heard Hell's Bells, it gave me chill bumps every time. And you knew it was game, set, match. Now, you guys have a closer, Kirby H. I know he's kind of on the trading block, and I know players don't like to pay attention to that kind of stuff. But you really have a, a game over closer with Kirby Yates. What can you tell me about him? I mean, yeah, we, we all know here in San Diego that we get the best, best reliever in baseball in Kirby. And every time he gets the ball, whether it's in a save situation or if he's Coming up just to just to shut the game down in the eighth of the ninth, you know, get the job done. I mean, he's been the most consistent reliever over the last two years. And, um, I mean, the work that he puts in to prepare for a day is, is second to none. It's uh, he's 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 watching video, um, you know, of who he's facing. He's watching video of himself trying to, you know, fine tune and master his craft. Um, just the the work is endless with him, and 
and he's such a competitor out there in the mound as well. And, I mean, we all know that. Uh, I mean, we 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 definitely want him around for a long time. Yeah, and I know the Padres were able to sign one of the biggest free agents that we've seen in, in as many years, Manny Machado. We know he brings a lot to the table. And what's it like watching him play every day? I mean, I feel like uh, we get the best left side of the infield in all of baseball, and you know, watching him and, and Toddy over there at shortstop play, I feel like I need to pay an admission fee just to just to be a part of it to have that good of a seat. I bet. It's, uh, I mean, it's incredible what what, what, what Manny can do. He, uh, I mean, just he plays the game in slow motion. It's, it just looks easy for him. But uh, the more you get to know him, you understand that like it's only easy for him because of the work that he puts in. That guy shows up to the field every single day and works hard. And, uh, he's always trying to get better, which is you know that's a testament to a guy like that. He, you know, he's already he signed that monster contract and he's done a lot of really good things. But the guy's trying to win a World Series, and that's why he came to San Diego because that's what we expected him. Absolutely, we're definitely. Uh building from within, too, as well. The great farm system, but still have the wherewithal to go out and, and get some of these with Hosmer. Uh, but you have that farm system that helps out as much as well. Now, I, I do the color for the Phillies in the, in the television booth, and uh, fortunately for the Phillies, they only had to play the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers seven times this year. So we're all, all seven games are completed. But I know you guys have to face them 19 times throughout the course of this year. How tough is it calling a game against a lineup as good as the Dodgers? You know, maybe the best lines in baseball to, to to have to try and prepare for. Uh, they make it difficult just because they they can slug against you and they take their walks. And I think that's a you know, basically just a good recipe for a good hitter. And most of their guys, one through nine, they do a really good job of that. And it definitely makes our job preparing for them uh, pretty difficult. But at the same time, that much more rewarding when you go out, you execute that game plan. I think we always had the, the most difficult job is, and I think you can get away with it being a position player out in the field. But at times, you know, we're very prideful uh, baseball players, and sometimes it's you have a you have a bad at bat. But in our situation, we we're not afforded that time to take that at bat back to our defense because we have the pitcher counting on us, we have our teammates counting on us. Um, you know, to, to, we're in every pitch. You know, if you could stand out in left field, you might not get a ball hit through the whole game. Uh, but how important is it, and that's something I always tried to pride myself on, is not taking your bats into your defense. I mean, it's. <laughs> I feel like at least playing catcher, you. Uh, I think it's easier than some other positions because at least you're involved in every single play, and it definitely helps me take my mind off of uh, my bats. And I know I got to go back and call the right pitches for my pitchers. But uh, I mean, it's tough because I mean those are you only get four about four at bats a game to impact the game, and if a couple of those don't go well right away, it's. I mean, it can take a toll on you, that's for sure. So, um, But luckily, I, I play a, a position that, that demands my uh, focus for, for every pitch. You know, I mean, i gotta, I got to be locked in. If I'm not, then, then I'm hurting our team. Yeah, as you move forward for this season, I know you guys are, are looking to get into, uh, you know, playoff is, I mean, there's pretty much every National League team is in it, with the exception of the, the Miami Marlins. But as you guys make this late season push, what do you think are some aspects you, you're doing well currently and something maybe you need to improve a little bit upon and maybe maybe sign a pitcher? Um, do you think that would really put you over the hump and get you into that playoff spot? We love the group that we have in here right now, and I feel like we all feel like that with this group right here, we can go win uh, and make it to the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs like right now. So um, obviously uh, we let all the, the business stuff be handled by the by the front office, and they've done such a good job at at least putting us in position right now to, you know, be 
playing meaningful ball games come August and September. And um, but uh, but I can just tell you that the group the group that we have everybody loves each other and everybody loves going to fight for each other every single day and it makes coming to work a lot of fun. Austin, I know you're in New York City and you got some work to do, so we'll let you go. And in, in this edition of Big Time Baseball Players Edition, uh, Austin Hedges, the starting catcher for the San Diego Padres. Austin, thanks so much for, for hopping on with us this afternoon and, and best of luck in the rest of the season. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball Players Edition. I am Ben Davis, and this was presented by Radio.com Sports. Maybe next week, my co-host, Tony Gwynn Jr., will find it in his heart to come do another podcast with me once he gets back from vacation. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, I'm Ben Davis, and we'll get Tony Gwynn Jr. back on next week for you. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.